0: Hello everyone, my name is Ton Yong and I'm on the team here at HTVB. I love spending time with people and being present with someone and doing something together is how I feel love. And there was once that this friend and I, we both love plants and seeing the plants behind me makes me really happy. So this sermon is not gonna be boring, I hope, because happy preacher, good sermon. <laughs> And so me and this friend, we decided to go for plant shopping at this place that was having a sale. So I was very excited about this trip. I was already imagining in my mind the plants that I'm going to choose the place at my home. Um, So I was really looking forward to it. But just a day before um, we go to this shop, um, my friend suddenly texted me, Sorry, tomorrow busy, cannot make it. And basically this friend just ffk me. So FFK is actually Fong Feige in Cantonese. It means release aeroplane, something we use often in Malaysia to say this person has let us down by a no-show. So no flight is going to happen. The plan was cancelled. And I was so, so disappointed. And in fact, I was quite angry at this friend that I did not reply the person's text because in my mind, I was thinking, Hey, we've been friends for so long. You know, I was really excited for this trip and we kind of made a promise long ago. So why did you not show up? But anyways, the good thing is that we are still good friends. And I wonder if you ever felt disappointed that someone you like or love, could be your partner, a family member, or a close friend, because you have certain expectations that this person would be there no matter what. They would know what makes you feel loved, appreciated. By saying the things that encourage you, by helping you to carry things without you asking them, Kids, remember, to help your parents with house chores. And being that person that will not fail you, no matter what. But for various reasons, they might have let you down and perhaps made you question this relationship that you share with this person. And maybe we also face similar disappointments with God. When we pray for someone who wants healed, when we come across with setbacks, when we have a specific goal that we're heading towards, that we've been working hard for, when we find our walk with Jesus a little stagnant, or our connect group hasn't grown in numbers for months, or we're waiting for a relationship to come or to be restored that felt beyond possible, we might feel disappointed, maybe exhausted as well. and we start asking ourselves the questions such as, Where is God? Does God really care for me? Does God love me? Let us now turn to today's passage from John 11. Um, This story is about a family married and martyr that were faced with disappointments and thought Jesus was going to help them when they asked for help. But Jesus seemed extremely late in coming to help them to heal their brother Lazarus. And what we're going to do today is to pause at different parts of this story and extract some truths that we can hold on to when we are faced with disappointments. So it will be helpful if you have your Bible out, um, whether it's a physical one or a Bible app on your phone, it'll be easier for you to follow through. And I just want to encourage you as well to take the time to read the whole story again, um, sometime during the week. And before that, let me just pray. Lord, I thank you that you are speaking to us today with your word, that your word is alive and is um, present with us, Lord. We just ask that our um, hearts just be open to receive what you have for us today. We are expecting, Lord God, for you to speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's turn to John 11, verse 1. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus Lord, the one you love is sick. As we read, Lazarus was the brother of Mary and Martha. He is sick, and their home in Bethany is somewhere where Jesus spent quite some time when he was in Judea. So he felt much at home there, so Jesus shares a relationship with them. And he loves all three of them, which we read in verse 3. Lord, the one you love is sick. And in verse 5, it also says that now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So Jesus loves them. As Lazarus is ill, the sisters then send a messenger to Jesus for help, like a friend would do, right? When you're in need, you call someone to ask for help. So this family expected Jesus, who spends time with them and loves them, would come immediately. And in fact, we read in the previous chapter, um, Jesus was in the area of Puria, which is, 20 miles away from Bethany. So it's around a day's of journey to travel from where Jesus is at to where G- Lazarus is at. So it's not very far. And perhaps in our modern day, it's kind of like you're, if you're in KL area, it's like traveling from Pujong to Lot 10, a 30 minutes drive. And this doesn't sound like a ridiculous request because as a friend, we would definitely do that for one another when we hear of someone who needs help. But what we read next is something that seems like a strange reaction of Jesus when he heard the news. Verse 4. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was Two more days. Okay, hold on. We read that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And Lazarus is ill, and yet Jesus stayed at where he is, not just for a few hours, maybe to arrange some logistics or handover, but he stayed for two more days. And we wonder why Jesus delays this urgent request to go to Lazarus. Does Jesus really love Lazarus? Or is he being indifferent to the suffering, the emotions that Mary and Martha were going through? Does he have something more important at hand, or is he afraid to go back to that place as there was a prize on his head in Judea, as verse eight says? But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews were tried to stone you, and was and yet you are going back. Now this delay seems just seems contradicting to what the nature of Jesus is. The delay seems like Jesus is putting a pause on His love for them. It just doesn't make sense of who Jesus is. It's like, why would people design a shirt with a fake pocket, either remove it or make it really functional like this one? Or why is it called a building when it's already built? It just doesn't make sense. Now let's read the verses again. Verse 4. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. So, when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed on two more days What is interesting here is the proposition So, it needs to flow from something that is from the previous statement And the verse before says that Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus In other words, this passage is saying that it, when it's come to the time for Jesus to help Jesus stayed two more days because he loved them it is an act of love And now we find ourselves more confused. How is this an act of love by delaying to help someone? And Jesus says in verse 4 This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And we continue to read in verse 15 And for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. And in verse 40. Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And here we read two intentions of Jesus that He had in mind in delaying His going to Lazarus so that He Himself may be glorified and so that people may believe in Him. You might think, that sounds a bit selfish for Jesus to be so self-centered. It's all about Him and He doesn't care for about others. But what it is saying here is that there is a better intention that He did not do what we wanted Him to do or expected Him to do because of His love for us. And this is the first truth that I wanted to share with you today that you can hold on to when you're faced with disappointments is that God's love is purposeful and intentional. The delays that we face may be intentional, but God's intention is always good. He is for us. And I love how in Psalms 117 verse 12 says, the King James Version, for his merciful kindness is great toward us. And the word for great doesn't have the thought of being large, but as something that is mighty and prevails over sin, over Satan, over death and hell. And this love is great toward everyone in this world that includes you and me. And His delay is for our good so that we may believe in Him. This means that we place our trust not in our circumstances or on the surface of what we can see, but His delay gives birth or awakens a faith that can only be shaped in a place beyond our own strength, beyond our own understanding and control because it is at that very place we see God's power at work in our lives in ways we have we may have not experienced before. The more we know of Him, we grow in trusting Him. He wants to build a us to still believe that He is God as we, as we go through the different Lazarus moments we have in life, the things that God did not do what he want, we wanted Him to do, but He loves us enough to delay his help because he knows exactly how his love can achieve a greater purpose in drawing us close to him. And his love has only good intentions. His love is for you. Now let's go to the next part of the story where Jesus finally went to meet with Mary and Martha. Verse 17 On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, four days is a very significant number here because John writes this passage with the Jewish audience in mind. In the first century, the Jews believed that in the first three days of death, the Spirit could return to the man. So four days have gone past, meaning there was absolutely no hope of resuscitation. No form of CPR or an AED kit can revive this man. But Jesus waited that time to expire, which most of us don't want expire food or drinks, right? But He waited to show His glory. Again, there's intention and purpose in His delay. And in verse 20, we read, When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet Him, but Mary stayed at home. Now, both of them have similar confessions to Jesus, which you read in verse 21 and 32. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And as followers of Jesus, like Mary and Martha, we believe that Jesus is going to be there to minister to our needs. We've read in the Bible that He would come when we call upon His name in our prayers. We've experienced it personally in our lives. And we've also seen God move in other people's lives. If we pray to our God, who is our loving Father, we can expect that He would give and answer us because He loves us, right? It's like... When we are, we are kids, when we come home from school, we expect meals to be served by our parents because they love us. Or for some of us like me, we expect a warm cuddle from our cat when we reach home after a long day of work. But trusting God is not a means to control or manipulate the outcome we want because we are not God. God's job is the outcome and our job is to trust God in the process. And I love how Martha adds in verse 22. Even though she is disappointed with not having what she wants Jesus to do, but she says, even now, Jesus is the answer. Even though the current outcome is not what she desires, her response is still convinced in who God is and what He can do. Let's read from verse 22. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am here in front of you. You don't need to wait till what I'm about to do, which Jesus is referring to his death on the cross and his resurrection and his coming again. But I am the one who brings life and the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And and Martha replied, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And like Mary and Martha we can offer our honest prayers to Jesus without expectations. Do you know that you can have great faith and still wonder sometimes? They both still call Him Lord, and Martha still has the understanding of who Jesus is, that He is the Messiah who has come to save and redeem people back to God. And maybe her level of faith tank is running low and needs some refilling, but she did not lose sight of who Jesus is. And the second truth that we can hold on to in times of disappointment is in, even in the now, God is still God. Now, the Gospel of John is written very differently comparing to the other Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They are known as the Synoptic Gospels, meaning they are wrote from a third-person point of view based on what the authors observed and saw, and John writes this gospel that is more reflective. He organized it accordingly to after it happened, after he has an insight of who Jesus is, what he came and what he has done. And so he added verse 2 in which I find it very interesting, where it says, This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. He wrote it this in chapter 11, but actually this only happened in chapter 12. And I think John adds this in so that we see a glimpse of who we could become in the future. Instead of weeping and mourning, Mary worshipped the Lord with joy and thanksgiving, that she poured perfume onto Jesus' feet as an act of worship. And we as well can place our hope while we're still in chapter 11 because we know what will happen in the next chapter. And maybe we don't understand what we're going through um, today. The now. And some things can only make sense after. But when we know that God is the one who holds the outcome of things, we can have certainty in our hope. Hope as the anchor for our soul, firm and secure. And we can look forward to what's next. Because the basis of our hope is the resurrection of Jesus, that He rose from the dead, Defeating our greatest enemy, death He is our forerunner that has gone before us Which Hebrews 6 puts it And this hope will not disappoint us God is still going to be God no matter what And this is the good news for all of us Who chooses to put our trust in this God Who holds the final outcome And who is faithful and true to who He say He is Verse twenty-five says that I am the resurrection and the life. It can be hard to stay in faith when we have Lazarus moments in our lives. If God really loves me, then He would do this. If God sees me, then He would do that. If God is so strong, He would help me. If God is all powerful, He would. But know that even in the now, when we have not seen the outcome we want yet, God is still going to be God. We have a hope that is alive and is beyond death because it's rooted in the life of Jesus, a life that we can experience for eternity, but also even in the now. God is also a God who comes close to us even in the now in verse 33 it says when jesus saw her weeping and the jews who had come along with her also weeping he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled where have you laid him he asked come and see lord they replied and verse 35 jesus wept jesus wept congratulations on memorizing one verse from the bible today which is the shortest of all Jesus wept. It has only two words, but this verse shows the tenderness of Jesus as a friend. He feels for us. He participates in our suffering. He is not a faraway God, but He joins us in the pain of our disappointment. Jesus wants to come close to us. Perhaps this is the reason why Jesus waits or delays in coming to Lazarus, or He could have spoken with a word um, at the moment, he received the news to heal Lazarus, but, which he did to Jairus' daughter in Mark 5, but he did not because I think he wants us to take him to the tomb, to the place where we are at our end. He wants to be close with us. And recently, my dad um, collapsed and admitted into the hospital. It happened so sudden that his condition was very critical, that the doctors were saying um, for us to expect the worst. And I just did not know how to respond at that moment. And maybe, yes, I know I responded with a lot of cry. I was, but I was feeling disappointed with myself that I can't do anything useful to help my dad to be better. And I wasn't ready to lose him. And as much as I wanted to trust God, it was extremely difficult um, for me to find my way to hope, to hold on to God. I tried to run away from how I felt by doing a lot of things to keep myself busy, to keep my mind occupied, like cleaning the house, mindless scrolling, or hiding in the room by myself. But those things obviously did not help. And so my last resort every day is to turn to God and pray. And I find myself praying Um, This prayer almost every day, including today, teach me, Lord, to see that you are in this and you are with me and that you are with my family. And whenever I pray this prayer, it helps me to keep focused on who God is and I feel his peace in me. And I am extremely grateful that my dad is recovering now in a nursing home Um, in the span of a week of healing transformation from being in a critical condition to now he could speak and he could swallow solid food. It's amazing of what God has done in his life. And I'm still trusting for full recovery. But one thing I've learned is that God is still God. And he desires to draw close to me as much as I want to let him in. And because of that, we can be like Martha and Mary who chooses to respond in worship and in trust when faced with disappointments. Your situation might look like it's the end of things that seems beyond um, what can be done. But our faith does not need to be dead because it is not the end. And this leads me to the final truth that I want to share with you today. It is never over until Jesus says it's over. Let's read verse 38. We're almost there, guys. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad order, for he has been dead four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Again, here we read, it has been four days where there is no doubt that Lazarus is 200% confirmed a dead man And his body is probably decaying, smelling like rotten eggs with sambal or stinky tofu And in fact, actually, by the time that Jesus received the news that Lazarus was ill, he was already dead so there was no, um, because that time there was no instant WhatsApp or phone call available. So It takes time for the messenger to travel to deliver the news. So Jesus' delay was not responsible for Lazarus' death. But his delay is the means of his resurrection from the dead. In verse 41. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And we, and when he had said this, and here's the climax of our story today, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. I think I'm imagining Lazarus like a mummy figure, wrapped like a cocoon. And I wonder if he jumped to come out from the tomb or wiggle his way out because he's stuck as a cocoon. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. As Jesus spoke over Lazarus, Lazarus, come out! Lazarus was raised to life. I'm not sure how loud was Jesus' voice, maybe like Mark Knight shouting at us, I mean, inviting us to join SBTC, our St. Paul's Theological College. But we can see that it is Jesus' word that carries the power and authority to raise something dead to life. And someone joke about, if Jesus did not put Lazarus' name at the front of the sentence, all the dead bodies would be um, probably reason. And that must be quite a scene that we can film into a blockbuster movie. I'm not sure how I would feel about it, but Jesus has the final word. It is never over until Jesus says it's over. And today you can let God speak life into the Lazarus moments in your life you can take off the grave clothes that have bounded you with flies, disappointments, and hurts, and let God's abundant joy, His restful peace, His loving purpose, and His glory to be called forth upon your Lazarus. And the name Lazarus means God who helps. God is working all things together for our good, as Romans 8.28 says. And just as He loves Mary and Martha and Lazarus, He loves you. His love is purposeful and intentional. Even if you're at a place where you do not want to be, He is with you. He promised to never leave you nor forsake you. He is still God and it's never over until He says it's over. Amen. Now we're going to go into a time of prayer and let's just pray. Come Holy Spirit. Um, as I was preparing for this message, I felt that God um, wants to tell you that do expect great things in your life. Maybe you have been disappointed for multiple times. You feel like giving up in the things that um, you are you have been doing. It could be something that God has placed in your life Um But because of different setbacks or disappointments, you kind of just lose that hope in in hoping again. But God wants to resurrect and bring that life, um, bring that hope again um, into your situation. And we'd like to pray for you for that. Um, Lord, I thank you for, um, we thank you that you have, um, you are the giver of life. You are the giver of hope. And we pray whatever situation, whatever Lazarus moments we we find ourselves in, Lord, I pray that you bring peace, that you will just um, bring to mind, oh, Father, your promises once again for us. And we will know that, Lord. What we see is not the final outcome, but Lord, that is beyond what we could see, O Lord. So we pray for faith upon um, people who, who are trusting you, Lord. We pray that you would give them the faith once again to trust in you, to hope in you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And the last thing that I want to do today is to um, do a small activity, is to name your Lazarus, to bring um, forth um, whatever Lazarus says in your life and speak life over it. It could be a thing or a person or a situation that you want God to do something about it. And just say it out loud like, Jesus, Lazarus, come out. You know, Name it before the God and speak um, over it with um life. It speak as though you really mean it and you how and just speak as though you want to believe that it is what God can do. There is power in our words when it's released with our mouth, just as how God upholds all things with His Word. So name the emotions you're feeling to God, whether it's something that you need faith, you need to be better, come out, you know, come alive, anxiety, um, you need to leave peace. So you come out, bring the healing you want to believe God to do in your life as well. Um, it could be a physical healing or a healing um, in the inside. So speak life into it now, this right arm to be healed Come out, this sinus, come out, the relationship restoration, come out, say it out loud. And 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 we just believe that you would see God bring life, bring hope once again in those um Lazarus moments. I'm just going to give you a few moments as you um, speak it out to um, to God. I cannot hear it, but God hears your prayers. God hears what you're speaking over um, your Lazarus moments. Just believe that the Word of God has power to bring resurrection and life into your Lazarus moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> I'm not afraid to